Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Dragons Y'all podcast recap show. My name is Jamie. I'm your host. And we have Angelica and Ryan as our hosts as well. As you know, the way the show goes, Angelica is our moderator. She creates the outline, gives us details of each of the scene of the episodes. And myself and Ryan give our two cents, our feedback, if you will, of each of the episodes. And so does Angelica. We all give a nice deep dive into the show that you just watched and live tweeted with us on Twitter using the Dragons Y'all hashtag. So tonight we are breaking down episode four called King of the Narrow Sea. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Dragons Y'all podcast recap show. We're excited to have you back for yet another deep dive into the House of the Dragon episode. And we're going into episode four tonight after live tweeting with you guys. It was a blast. And we're going to talk about King of the Narrow Sea. I have Angelica here and Ryan back. Hey, ladies. Hey. Back with the dragons. Back with the dragons. Dragons, y'all. All right. So, yeah, as always, Angelica gives us the breakdown of the episode, and then Ryan and I chime on in. So let's get into it. All right. So just first want to start off. There's apparently a streaming war now that Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power has launched, which, by the way, is great. Um, But, of course, it's kind of calling into comparisons with House of the Dragon. So um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch the Rings of Power yet. Or what are your thoughts on that? Because it's an old thing now. Like There's all these articles written about it. Ryan, I'll let you go I, first because I've yeah, seen it. I I but, yeah, I haven't checked it out yet, but I've been I've been I've been following like all the social media stuff. And people are like some people seem like they're mad about like you're not following the books all the way. Um, or I guess be like not canon is like, well, I guess what a lot of people keep saying. But I just been looking at all the Twitter wars like Angelica saying about going about House of Dragon versus um uh, power of the ring so i don't know i just feel like all the money they put behind it you at least got to give some credit for it. i'm sure it's like visually stunning so i can't wait to look at it for that so i'm just like just the money alone but yeah i feel bad for them because it's it's hard when you're in that realm and it's like some hardcore lord of the rings fans so it's like when you bust out that gate you got to be ready but i don't know i kind of figured it might be a little something but i'm gonna I'm stay in between for right now i mean of course it's dragons y'all i gotta be at the top for right now but i gotta i gotta save my judgment so i'll pass it over to uh to jamie till i get a chance to check it out <laughs> yeah so i saw the first two episodes a while back and i absolutely loved uh lord of the rings the rings of power i'm not very familiar with the tolkien universe so um number one i will never compare uh rings of power to house of the dragon i think it's silly uh, someone on Twitter, as a matter of fact, when you put out that really funny tweet, Angelica, about the comparisons between how much of the budget was spent on both shows, someone <laughs> said, did anybody compare ER to Chicago Hope when those two shows came out? And I'm like, exactly. It's like, why are we in this binary culture now where we've got to compare everything? So I absolutely loved Rings of Power. The cinematography is beautiful. Um, Amazon, we had mentioned this, Ryan, on our live show, 
Amazon spared absolutely no expense into the production yeah. value on this show, which is absolutely fantastic. Story-wise, it's hard for me to really critique that because I only saw two episodes. And again, I don't know much about the Tolkien verse to really gauge if the story aligns with the books. But I will say that so far from the, you know, the way the story is carrying on with Galadriel and, you know, she's sort of avenging her brother's death, I kind of like the way this is going. And as far as the fans go, listen, they were in their feelings about Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power way before the show premiered. And you can look at the Black Girl Nerds YouTube comment section for that <laughs> when we did the interviews. And it's like, People are really mad about the fact that there's just diversity on this show, which is just so stupid to me because it's like, you guys, it's based in fiction. Tolkien never actually based this on actual people. Like, I just don't understand why folks have to get upset when things aren't exactly the way it was, you know, I guess thought of in the books because at the end of the day, things are always going to be reimagined. Things are always going to have different visions as new as, as things evolve there's new visionaries that will come into the fold so you guys got to get over it like it's it's not that deep yeah yeah i i agree with you um i i mean what was it what was the difference in budget uh so you know house of the dragon gets 200 million an episode which is not you know a little bit of change that's a lot of money whereas power the or the rings of power has 715 million dollars that's like three times the almost three times the budget if not three yeah yeah about at least twice as much my math is not good right now forgive me but yeah you could tell like i would say i enjoyed both shows um rings of power is more aesthetically pleasing in the sense that it kind of i mean obviously the production value is crazy high it's just beautiful to look at um and I would say that, you know, ring, uh, the Rings of Power is like TV 14. So your kids could basically watch it with you or, you know, an older child can watch it with you. Whereas um, Game, uh, House of the Dragons way more mature. You probably are not going to let your children watch. So I would say I get my high fantasy like fairy tale fix from the Rings of Power. And then I kind of get my gritty, you know, more real dark political drama with house of the dragon it's just a good time to be a nerd i mean i'm i'm happy both shows are out so <laughs> we'll leave it at that but let's dive into our current subject uh house of the dragon so first thoughts of your episode for king of the narrow sea um this I, this episode was messy as hell but i appreciate i appreciate the i appreciate the drama um you know in it but and i think it like foreshadowed a lot of like their their fears a lot of the characters fears and desires i think were foreshadowed in this episode uh but yeah i'm just gonna go with messy for right now because i know angelica you're gonna break it down but yeah it was whoo i was like man the drama was crazy messy is Jamie? messy is the perfect word a lot of great character development came out of this episode we saw that in renera's development we see that even more further with viserys and we even see that coming from Damon. So uh, there's a nice little character arc that uh, evolves in this episode that I, I found to be pretty compelling. So it was it was a great episode. A lot of great drama. Yeah, if I could name this episode, I would name it Fire and Desire. Because <laughs> it was just 
Oh, nice. <laughs> it was just, you know, it was a, it was a lot going on. Um, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, it it was it was it was like very messy <laughs> as as Ryan said. Um so let's let's get into the episode. So, um where we we kind of open up we're at Stonehenge, not to be confused with Stonehenge. Um it is the seat of House Bracken in the Riverlands and Rhaenyra is basically on a tour. Uh, to find a husband, she and she's giving audience to a train of suitors. So the first suitor that we see is Lord Dondarrion. You know, he's talking about his home. He goes on and on and on. He pauses to take a drink. Like it's it's a fun scene. Um, and he says like, you know, your your great grandmother thought our my home and my castle was so beautiful. And so Rainier decides to poke fun at him and she's like, oh, well, was my great grandmother as beautiful as they say? And he's like, well, that was a long time ago, about, you know, about a half a century ago to which she says, yes, it was. So she's making fun of his age. So um, her, her, her host, Lord Humphrey Bracken, says that that was really unseemly of her. And Rhaenyra was like, um, this man is old enough, to, is actually older than my father. It's unseemly that he wants to be my next husband. And I'm thinking to myself, where was this energy when you gave your dad the blessing to marry Lena Valarian? <laughs> like, this guy's too old for you, but your dad wasn't too old for Lena? Okay. So... Um, in contrast to this much older man, then we see uh, young Samuel Samuel Blackwood, and he presents himself. And I was like, okay, little cutie pie, little twelve year old, like, hey, I got you, princess. I'm gonna take good care of you. You know, you know, uh, with me, you'll be safe. She's not feeling this either. He's too young. But Lord Bracken tells him that you know the Blackwoods are an ancient house. They also have the blood of the first men. It's something to consider. So. While little Samuel's trying to, you know, hype himself up, Lord Bracken's son Amos is like heckling him. So Rhaenyra's had enough. She's like, all right, I'm ready to go. Let's let's break for lunch. So for whatever reason, Amos is still picking on Samuel and he calls him a craven. So Samuel's like, I got to defend my honor. He pulls out a sword and they get to fighting. You would think that Amos being a grown man would take out little Samwell, but um, no, he basically cuts him in half and his guts spill everywhere. And I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe he can keep Rhaenyra safe. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, Lord Bracken's bending over his son, who's like coughing up blood and taking his last breath. And Rhaenyra's like, okay, that's my cue. We got to go. Um, so I'll stop there. <laughs> what did you guys think of this kind of like reality TV show within <laughs> House of the Dragon for Rhaenyra's love? Uh, that was a very interesting scene. And also the way that scene ends is Kristen is like, you know, you don't need to see this princess. So he's like shielding her. <laughs> don't look. <laughs> don't look. And so I'm curious to know, like, what, what, what became of that? Because I think after that scene, we don't really see any more after that. And I'm, I'm curious to know, like, what her thoughts is about Samuel um, Blackwood. And, you know, the fact that he really kind of defended his honor in that moment. Because, yeah, like you said, Angelica, like, yeah, it looks like he could defend Rhaenyra <laughs> if there is a threat that's posed against her. So, uh, yeah, it was it was a pretty, pretty interesting scene to watch. Like, he's he's holding his own. So, yeah, yeah I enjoyed it. It brought me back to, like, how we always compare in, uh, in GLT. Um, I think it was, what's, is her name Lana Mormont, the little girl that was in uh, GLT? Lion, Liana, Liana. Yeah. Uh, okay, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, she. It brought me back to that. Just Liana, Liana Mormont. Okay, 
Yeah, she she was badass. So I remember like when she left the series, I was like, oh no, like she, but she, I, it just reminded me of it because you're thinking about like these little, you know, kings and queens or princesses and, and everything that have to take over for their families because there's only one left and you think they can't fight like Angelica was saying, like you think they can't defend themselves and this guy's like over here holding his guts on the ground. And this little, this little guy, yeah, I got you. He's like, you ain't coming for me. So I just thought, I don't know, just bought it back for me. Cause I just, you just forget like, because they're so young and the decisions that they have to make that they can fight too. Cause sometimes they have no other choice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Liana, Liana went out was. like a G by the way. Just that was, she it. did. She did. Yeah. She went out like a G. Well, to, to give you some history on this. So they actually kind of um, rework this from the books and the books, um, I don't believe there was that much of an age difference. Um, they did get into a duel in defense of Rhaenyra's honor, but I don't think it ended in death. And then uh, Samwell did win, and he ended up supporting Rhaenyra later down the line when she kind of waged her war, the Dance of the Dragons, and then they both ended up being killed in battle. So <laughs> it's a little bit different. I think they played this up more for comedic effect. I, I mean, not necessarily comedic, mm-hmm. but I mean, I like this better than to you know 20 year olds getting killed in battle so anyways that's what happened there so you know the Rainier decides to cut her 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 tour short um they get back on the tour bus i'm, I'm kidding they get back on the ship they sail back home <laughs> and uh Ra- <laughs> not the, not tour, the bus. tour bus yeah they get back on their tour ship and uh rainier asks Kristen, like how do you think my father will feel about me returning home and he's like what what do you think he'll feel the fact that you know you turned down every suitor that came your way that he's presented before you or the fact that you're returning home two months early and uh, so they don't really get to say much to each other at that point because a dragon suddenly appears from the sky and it's they're like take cover and i'm like does damon do this stuff on purpose like you got this whole sea in front of you and you just have to dive down you know over top of this ship so it's damon on the back of craxies um you know eventually rainera lands um damon is 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 back at court everyone's kind of like oh it's damon it's damon um, the series reluctantly receives him in the throne room. Damon obviously cut his hair. He's swaggerific. He got his uh, driftwood crown on. And actually, the the hair that he has reminds me a lot of the same hairstyle that he had when he was on the crown when he played Prince Philip. So I was like, oh, I'm familiar with this Matt Smith. Um, so like the crowd watches in awe. You know, Damon throws the crab feeder sword before the king and he says, add it to the rest. Uh, which calls to me the scene back in, um, I believe it was season one of Game of Thrones when Barristan Selmy threw his sword at Joffrey and said add it to the rest. But it was like a different context because he was being fired versus, you know, I think Damon really trying to give him some his brother something of value. So uh, Viserys doesn't really seem to be impressed. He notes Damon calls himself a king and Damon's like, yeah, but, you know, when I defeated the Triarchy, they named me the king of the Narrow Sea. Um, but Damon gets on his knees, he kneels and says, you know, but there's only one true king, uh, run true king. And he presents his crown as well as the stepstones uh, to Viserys, like they're yours now. Um, and then Viserys is like, well, where's Corlys? Corlys went back home. He went back to Driftmark and the stepstones are now being held by the tides, the crabs and about 2000 dead triarchy men that are staked to the stand as a warning. Um, and there's this tense moment. You know, after all the after this exchange, there's a tense moment. Everyone's holding their breath. 
And then the series hugs his little brother. And I love how Damon's head just like goes into his chest. You can tell he needed this hug. And, you know, all seems well. And the series is like, you know, the realm owes you a great debt. So I'll stop there for you guys. Uh, thoughts on this reunion. I thought that was, I did think that was cute when he when uh, Damon kind of laid his head down. Because you always think of them just like as competing and they're like never see eye to eye when it comes to the crown. So I didn't think that was a cute moment. Um, but yeah, Damon, going back to the, the very beginning, Damon coming in, uh, diving deep with Carax, he always got to be extra. When his interest, his interest always got to be extra when he when he comes in. And then um, him giving like the, you know, the the axe or the little sword he got. I'm like, do they need anything else sharp on there? Because with Sarah's already done cut his stuff like five times or something now. I'm like, they, y'all, they don't need nothing else on that throne. But um, yeah, I was. It was cool. It was cool to see Damon come back. And you know, shout out to the haircut. I like the haircut. I think that's a cool look for him. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Prince Prince Damon was walking in there looking like Matt Damon. I thought it was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a good look for him. I, I mean, I actually prefer the longer hair, but you know, the the short hair wasn't too bad too. And he was looking more like Matt Smith in that in that moment. So I do agree with you, um, Angelica. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was good to finally see. I think this is the first time we've seen Viserys and Damon on good terms since the opening of this series so this is at least good to see this moment that these brothers actually do have some kind of good relationship that at least at one point they did care about one another and um you know that he that damon actually did something that was you know good for good for the realm um so uh at least for now we can <laughs> we can be happy that there's a, a moment of of joy and peace between these two brothers which is great yep yep and i, I think all along despite him being so prickly damon has always wanted his brother's love so it was nice to see that that was returned as evident by him burying his big old head in his <laughs> his brother's chest when he gave him a hug. So I was like, oh, look at that. And I also um, I also wanted to add, I forgot to mention this. I, I'm glad that Damon in that moment um, was humble enough to kneel before the king. Because in yep. other scenes prior to that, he's always been so arrogant and even defiant towards King Viserys in, in, in a lot of in public company, which is really frowned upon. So the fact that, you know, he comes to the king in the throne room and kneels before him, um, I just thought, okay, there's a moment of humility in this in this man's soul. It actually exists. So that was that was refreshing to see. Yeah. Damon isn't that bad once you kind of peel back the layers. He's he's okay. He's all right. Um <laughs> so later there's, you know, an outdoor feast to celebrate Damon's return. It's in the Godswood. They have a buffet. Um, Rainier is kind of picking at her plate and she's watching, you know, from a distance, her uncle and her father having a good time together. They're like debating on who was the favorite child. Apparently it was Damon. Um, so she walks over, she congratulates her uncle and Allison takes this opportunity to ask him like, Hey, do you want to take the tour of the tapestries that were sent in your honor? And Viserys is kind of drunk at this point. He's like, don't nobody want to see them tapestries? <laughs> like, come on, woman. So, you know, Rhaenyra feels a little bad for Allison. She's like, I would like to see them. Um, and then she kind of goes about her business. She sits down on a bench 
and Allison joins her. Allison asks her, like, how was the tour? And she was like, I, ador- I endured it for as long as I could. And Allison is kind of like being kind of funny, sarcastic. She's like, oh, how dreadful for all these men to fawn over you. You know, very few women get to choose a husband, let alone scores of them. Um, and Rainier was like, those men don't want me. They just want my title and they want my blood for their offspring. And then she's like, I think it's awful that I would be in prison in a castle and made to squeeze out heirs. Read the room, Rainier. <laughs> That's exactly what Allison is going through. Um and Allison kind of says, like, you know, I, I do wish I was still Lady Allison, but when people look at me, they see the queen. But she's glad Rainier is home. And, you know, she even though Viserys is upset with her, she's happy she's back home and she's grateful to have a friend. And they kind of make up. I was like, oh, you know, Rainier is finally coming around. Um, so I'll stop there for you guys to comment. Angelica, I know you won't believe it, but I felt like I felt a little bad for Allison in this moment, oh, like a smidge, because okay. I was like, I was like, oh, she don't have any friends. <laughs> I felt, you know, I felt like a little bad for her in that in that, in that moment. But yeah, Renee did not read the room at all. She was like, <laughs> she was like, why would I want to be stuck in a in a castle, given you know having kids and stuff? I was like, whoop, okay. But uh, what was she? I was trying to figure out. This probably is not important at all, but I was just curious of what she was eating at the table, like when she went over to the buffet. I was trying to figure out what it was, but I don't know. It's probably like not. Oh, even it looked like, like an orange, like a dehydrated orange slice. Okay, okay, that's what I was thinking. But I was like, "What is she eating?" Because she was looking like that. That snack was mad good, but I don't know why that <laughs> stuck in my head. But I was like, "What is she eating?" Because I guess usually because they don't like. I guess it's usually you just see like the feast and like everybody's just I guess filling their faces, but something dramatic happens, so you're not paying attention to it. But I was just curious to what she was just over there. Um, uh, as as Angelica pointed out, like pecking off her plane, I was like, "What is she doing over there?" But yeah, it, this whole scene was just so interesting. Like, you know, you could tell Viserys had a little bit too much to drink. You know, he stayed pouring that cup up. I'm like, Viserys, what you doing? And um, you know, just seeing like him and Damon, you know, having that brother moment, and you know, kind of picking on the girls, sort of speak, like kind of like, "Why y'all standing over here?" sort of thing. So uh, that was that was a cool moment because you don't get to see him having fun. Because I'm sure from now on, it might just be fighting and disagreement so it's cool to have that little moment that little brother moment where they can kind of goof off and have fun so i thought that was interesting yeah i was paying attention to what she was eating too because uh it did look good (laughs) i was hungry yeah yeah but i'm pretty certain it was like it was some sort of dehydrated citrus which um Mm. you know they they had a lot of those dehydrated fruits back then to keep things very well preserved um but yeah i did you guys notice, and maybe this is just me being the really foolish person I can be sometimes, but did you guys notice the scene after Viserys jokes about nobody wants to see <laughs> those tapestries, tapestries? There was like a fart. Did you guys hear that sound effect? Because I, I, was <laughs> I really heard a fart noise, and I rewound that scene like three times to think maybe I'm tripping, but yeah, it, it, it was in there. It was in there. He's drunk. Hey. He's drunk and farting. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, y'all. That's great. That the Game of great. Thrones people was doing that in a lot of episodes too. I'm like, y'all, y'all keeping it uh, consistent with these uh, little extra sound effects. Okay. All right. Uh, I love that. I'm going to go. I just want to go back now just to find it because I want to know. But that's, that's interesting. I'm See? pretty sure there was a fart sound effect. I'm almost positive. Um, so, yeah, that. 
this was a great scene. It was just, uh, again, I'm, I'm seeing, like I mentioned before, some of this character development that's starting to happen. And we're seeing that also through Allison as well. And we're kind of seeing what she's dealing with being a queen and a wife and, and a mother and this new lifestyle that she's living compared to when she was really close friends with, with Rhaenyra. So yeah, it was good. Yep. Yep. Carefree. And now she's saddled with all these responsibilities and babies. So yeah, it's a, it's a lot. Um, so, you know, later, yeah, Damon is still in the God's wood. He's like closing his eyes, taking in the breeze and, Rhaenyra asks, you know, why he came back, because it seems like he was pretty content at Dragonstone, and he likes to taunt her father. It's like, why are you here? And he's like, I miss the comforts of home. And she's like, you were never comfortable here, but, you know, I could see your adventures have changed you. Maybe you've matured. And he's like, you know, you've matured, too. So she basically vents to him, complains about, you know, her father's desire to sell her off to, you know, the man with the biggest castle. And Damon's like, there are worse things to be sold for. Um, And he just tells her, like, look, marriage is a political arrangement. You know, once you're married, you can do as you like. Um, And she's like, well, for men, it might be an arrangement. But for women, it's a death sentence. And he's like, well, if that's the case, I would have gotten rid of my bronze bitch a long time ago. And I'm just like, he has zero respect for his wife. This poor lady. What does she ever do to him? Um, So Rhaenyra is like, you know, I think your wife is lucky you never put a baby in her. Um, And he's like, yeah, a a child would never thrive in that hostile environment. I guess he's saying like her womb is is poisonous. like he really can't stand this woman. So I, I'm going to be interested to see her <laughs> later in the series. Um, they're, you know, their relationship. But uh, in any case, Rhaenyra recalls how her mother died because of the pressure to produce an heir. And she doesn't want to subject herself to that same fate. And Damon gives her some pretty good advice. He says, you know, what happens to your mother is a tragedy. This is a tragic world, but you cannot live your life in fear or you will forsake the best parts of, of, of it. I was like, okay, that's pretty thoughtful, Damon. Um, and then Rainier basically says, like, I, I don't really fear life. I just want to be left alone. I want to live in solitude. And he's like, mm, that is pretty lonely. So, you know, they're having a, a nice uncle-niece moment there. Um, your thoughts on that scene? Um, that was one of my favorite. I like that moment. Because um, you kind of get Damon, like, he is on his mature thing right now. You always feel like Damon got some kind of plan working, but it was cool for him to kind of take a little bit like, let me, let me, you know, tell my niece a little thing or two about the crown, you know, about how it goes. And I always like how they start speaking high Valerian. And I'm always wondering the people around him are like, oh, they talking some junk right now. What they gossiping about? Because they always like whenever they want to like have their moment, they just start talking to the, the high Valerian. And I'm always curious, like if everybody else is noticing what they're doing. When they just stop talking, you know, so they can like go, you know, share the secrets and everything like that. And it's like a little, you know, that little secret, uh, fun language between the both of them. So, um, you know, of course, Viserys probably could add a little to it. But yeah, I just thought that's so interesting. Every time they want to just try to talk junk or have a little gossip, they go off to a corner and just start talking high Valerian. And I'm always like the maester. Somebody's like, what they saying? Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, I'm glad you brought that up about High Valerian because yeah, this whole scene or most of the scene, they're speaking in High Valerian, and yep. they're they're kind of off to themselves. So I don't think there's really a moment where anybody can really eavesdrop on them. But I think that oh. they're speaking in High Valerian. I think the writers, at least, are trying to show just the close kinship between these yep. two. 
That's the that's what I got from them wanting to show them speaking in this in their you know native tongue, I guess. Um, so yeah, I I think that that was cool seeing that exchange between them too, and and I think more High Valerian should be spoken on this show. So I'm for it. Um, and yeah, Damon, we're we're seeing again. I I know I sound like a broken record, but we're just seeing. Um, some really great development with Damon and, and we're seeing parts of his character that we haven't seen in previous episodes. And those layers of the onion are being unpeeled. Like, okay, he's empathetic. He's giving some really good sound advice to his niece and he's being understanding. Um, so he's, I guess, like you said, Angelica, he's not that bad, even though I'm not the biggest world's Damon fan here. But, um, <laughs> you know, he definitely has his flaws. But, you know, there there are aspects of his character that, um, you know, do show some uh, some somewhat, I guess, honorable moments. And that goes back to George R.R. R. Martin saying that, you know, his characters all have some good and evil in them um so you know that's that's the thing it's like you can't you're always going to find some sort of uh, some a little little stroke of goodness in some of these characters because even going back to game of thrones cersei lannister as horrible of a human being she was she was always a good mother there's a very little black and white in this world which i think if we go all the way back to our discussion on the rings of power that's more black and white, right? There's good and there's evil here. There's a, there's a lot of gray. So yeah, definitely like seeing this side of Damon. We saw a hint of it in the first episode when he was like probably the only person that was very kind and understanding to Rhaenyra at her mother and her brother's funeral. So now we get to see more of that blossom. And, you know, I'm, I'm team Damon. I, I just feel like he's kind of like, he's the rogue prince. He's a little crazy, but deep down he has a heart of gold. So that. Gold. And we and we saw that in the Rogue Prince when he decided to give up the egg the moment he had that conversation with Rhaenyra, <laughs> and he was like, "All right, you win." Yeah, he, he was kind of rude about throwing that egg back at her. Um, but yeah, you know, I, but I mean, he he basically, you know, he 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 called a truce right after yeah. Rhaenyra yeah, yeah, yeah. went ahead and did that. Yeah. So yeah. And a brief fun fact while we're on the subject of the egg. So supposedly, like years and years before, uh, this woman, her name was Elias or Elias, Alyssa? No, Alyssa with an E. She stole dragon eggs from Dreamfire's um, nest and stole them to the Sea Lord of Bravos. And supposedly those same three eggs were bought by Ilario Maplatis of Pentos. And he gifted those eggs to Daenerys during her wedding to Khal Drogo. So in this universe, there are, you know, Daenerys' future babies. <laughs> so fun fact there. Why they always coming after the dragon eggs, though? They got soft stealing them things. They ain't put a lock on yeah, them they, things. They so. need better Both security in the, in the dragon pit. Uh, so yeah so let's fast forward a little bit so we're we're at the small council they're they're discussing the matter of the stepstones um they're basically saying they traded in the crab feeder for the sea snake sea snake which is corley's um lionel strong once again is like look this is clearly a rebuke um to viserys for choosing allison over lena and viserys is like that stuff is oh like it's been years he's still upset about that the grand (laughs) 
some old stuff. The Grand Maester chimes in and he's like, look, Coralise is a proud man and his pride has been injured. Perhaps we can solve that wound. So Otto also is bringing bad news. He's like, look, I'm told that Coralise has been entertaining the Sea Lord of Bravos. He's proposing a marriage between Lena and the Sea Lord's son. So creating such an alliance with the Free Cities would force the Crown to do the same. They would also have to form an alliance with the Free Cities, which means Rhaenyra is going to have to marry some foreign prince. So not good news for anyone involved here. They have to do something quick. Um, so later, this so I don't know if you guys want to touch on this scene. It was pretty brief, but thoughts on this one? No, Lord Coralis, he's pissed. I was like, yeah, he. I was like, Viserys, come on now. You have to step it up. He was like, oh, that's ancient. No, it ain't ancient. I was like, have you seen the way Corliss, uh bust into that council room like every five minutes? He and his feelings about that. I was like, nah, I know you didn't think that was over. Yeah, it's not over. Yeah, I, I just find it um, very interesting that Lionel Strong is doing a lot of the advising all of a sudden. Yes. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that's pretty interesting. But yeah, I, this move by Corliss is not surprising. He, he, we we kind of saw that reveal at the end of episode one. So we, we kind of know where Corliss stands on his uh, stance on these issues. And he he is a very proud man. He's very stubborn in his ways. And uh, this was kind of coming. So I don't know, Viserys, bruh, you really, you really gotta, you gotta see through these things. Like, did you just think this was going to go away? Like when he went to Driftwood, did you just think that like, he'd be thinking about it and be like, all right, you know, it's, it's over with. Let me just go on with my life. Like nothing happened. Like, no, Um, Corliss definitely has... uh, he he has an ends to a, a means to an end with uh his his goals and his um his his motives so yeah I, it's it's a shame that Viserys didn't see this coming meanwhile everybody else around him did yeah 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 Cor- Corliss ain't playing no games um <laughs> so later we see Allison in her her room she's comforting a crying Helena and we'll we'll kind of see more of her as she gets older in the series um and later she visits her husband who's kind of being bathed by many many attendants you can see the series is covered in blisters they're not very gentle with him so Allison takes over the task and she dismisses the staff and he's like, oh, you're, you know, you have a fi- far kinder touch than the servants. And they smile and have a quiet moment. So after she gets done bathing her husband, um, she goes back to her chamber. She has a little drinky drink and she goes to bed. Well, apparently that bath must have done something to the, to the, to the series because he sends a <laughs> servant <laughs> to get Allison back. And Allison was like, oh, the hour is quite late. And the servant was like, yes it is um i don't know if a series is feeling kind of frisky tonight um uh so allison you know she does her job it's a dutiful wife she beds her husband she's clearly not enjoying herself but she does as she's you know does as she's told and she kind of stares off to the ceiling while the series just does this thing on top of her. So very, very Mr. and Sealy type of moment for me. I really felt bad for Allison. I know she loves her husband, but he is, after all, a very old and sick man. And I, I wouldn't want that on top of me. So you feel for your girl. 
I don't know if you guys want to comment on that. If you just want to take that from your memory, you know, just wipe that from your memory. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely wipe that from your memory. Yeah, but seriously, that wasn't sexy at all. I was like, Lord, no. And then like, no, it's got me like the hand on her face, like she's supposed to be enjoying this. I'm like, dude, you woke up at midnight. Like, what you doing? But yeah, I, they could erase that scene. It's all, it's it's good. We good. We got it. Yeah, I mean, we kind of haven't gone into that part of um, the discussion yet, but that scene is yeah. actually quite notable because it, it parallels with another scene, and yep. there's some voiceover mm-hmm. happening with Damon while that scene is happening, which makes it very relevant. So um, I know, right, Angelica, yeah. you're going to go into that, but that scene is actually very um, significant. And as far as, you know, Allison having to perform her marital duties, it, it, <laughs> it was, yeah, it, it's, it's cringy to watch. I feel like, again, like, I think we've talked about this in previous episodes about Allison and I'm, I'm not an Allison hater. Like, please don't come after me on Twitter. If you love Allison, <laughs> I'm not a hater, but I don't think that she was ever, you know, in love with uh, the series. I don't think she even fell for him like later on. Like I always felt like this was just sort of an obligation, definitely facilitated by her father, but also I think she had some of her own ulterior motives in wanting to be queen. That's just my personal opinion. And I could be way off because I did not read the fire and blood text, but I, I don't think that there was any sort of romantic link later on when they, you know, betrothed one another. And she's like, oh, maybe this is the right kind of guy. Like they had those little tender moments when they were having those conversations. But I don't even know if that was really genuine in my opinion. So, yeah. And those moments, too, is when being the queen kind of hits you in the face where it's like, if she was, you know, that ulterior motive that you're talking about, you know, like I kind of, cause I, I felt the same thing as well. Like, you know, there's some things that you don't have control over, obviously as a woman in this world, but it was just like, once you get yourself into that situation, it's like these moments where you're like, Oh my God. Like you can just tell it's kind of like at this episode was kind of eating away at her. So many things or so many duties you have as the queen or as Viserys wife. Now, you know, this scene and when she earlier talking about she doesn't have any friends um, and you know, other moments to come. And it's just like, yeah, it, it's, it's like when you play, you playing a dangerous game that they're doing when it comes to like the politics and, you know, in Westeros, like who you're going to try to ally with and what you have to deal with from that person. Cause now it's like you locked into this marriage and it is what it is. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I have a different opinion. I think, uh, as, as, as noted by her anxiety and picking apart of her nails and things like that, like she has a ton of pressure since she was a young girl from her father. Um, I do, I don't necessarily think there's a romantic connection, but I do think she's fond and she has love for Viserys and he's probably outside of Rhaenyra, one of the only people she can really be comfortable with and kind of speak her piece and he'll listen. So I think there's fondness there. Um, but no, I don't think she signed up to be, uh, humped on by an old man. And, uh, to, to Jamie's point, um, it is in stark contra- contrast to the next few scenes that I'm going to dive into now. So, um, you know, while, while Allison is being a wife, uh, Rhaenyra finds a surprise in her chambers. Um, there's a bag with page boys clothes and a map. Um, so unbeknownst to Kristen, who's standing guard outside her door, she uses a secret passage to sneak in uh, out of her room, I should say. And she meets Damon, who takes her out for a night on the town. 
Um, and this is probably the first time in her life that Rhaenyra has been among common people, especially unguarded. Um, so she's taken in the sights and sounds, you know, she's thrilled when she's mistaken for a boy. She enjoys herself a nice little drink. And then she kind of runs into this old crone who tells, who like offers to tell her her future. So she's just kind of like, this is like a carnival for her. This is like a party. She's, she's loving it. Um, so they end up watching a play, Damon and Rhaenyra. Um, about the current Targaryen succession. So they're recounting that Viserys has named Rhaenyra their heir, and they call her the Realms of Light, but now he has a son that can be heir. So they question whether or not she will be a good ruler, as her brother has two things she does not have, a conqueror's name and, excuse my language, a penis. So (laughs) Rhaenyra's like, ah, slander, slander. Like she's, (laughs) she's like trying to laugh it off. But Damon's like, no, you should really take this seriously. You should care about the thoughts of the small folk, the small folk, the small folk. Um, and she's like, man, their desires are no consequence to me. And she kind of goes off and ends up, I don't know, she's feeling kind of frisky herself. She steals a treat from a local street vendor and then Damon chases after her. So she runs into a member of the city watch. It looks like she's about to be in a lot of trouble, but he ends up recognizing her as the princess. So he lets her go free. Um, so they're, you know, they're on their tour of the city. I don't know why. I mean, I know why, but Damon decides to take her into a pleasure house. Um, and I, I want to say at this point, listener discretion is advised. <laughs> like, it's a lot going on. This is rated this. MA for mature content. Yes, yes. Um, so they, they kind of go into this room full of people engaged in various sex acts. Um, so Rhaenyra asks where they are. That kind of like shows her innocent. Like she doesn't even know what where they're at. Um, so he tells her, you know, we're in a place where people come take what they want. And she's intrigued. You know, she's observing all these different things going on around her. And Damon tells her, like, you know, sex can be great pleasure to for women as much as men. So this is in stark contrast to what she knows of the act of having sex to her. It just means producing children. Um, so he tells her, you know, marriage is a duty and it doesn't stop you from doing what you want. Um, and sleeping with whoever you want. So they kiss passionately. And I'm just saying, uh, very Jamie Cersei esque of them. They start kissing. He throws her against the wall, starts to pull her pants down and, then suddenly he stops and Rhaenyra hungrily tries to kiss him back and he kind of rejects her advances and he leaves her. Um, so this tells me this was a lesson. Um, I don't necessarily know if Damon was ever attracted to Rhaenyra, but he wants to show her that she can still have like a fulfilling sex life, even if she's married. Um, and though, so yeah, so she chases after him and a young boy like a little birdie, you know, thinking of the series follows her out. Uh, so I'm, I'm gonna stop it there. Uh, what do you guys think of this? Uh, I guess big old orgy. <laughs> um, Damon, I, this takes me back to when he gave her the necklace. I still think it's something going on between the both of them. I mean, I'm not saying it's right. Cause it's like, this is an uncle and that's, a, you know, that's his niece. Um, and like you said, like, we know why he took her there, but it's like, why are you taking your niece to a pleasure house? Like, come on, guy, let's get real. But, um, I think there's something, because I think they just understand each other. I don't know. It's like this weird energy when they're on camera, when they're, you know, like when they, when these two characters interact, something about they understand, I don't know if they understand each other more, if it's something that they're trying to go after, if their goals are like similar or something like that. I don't know, but it's just something with these two characters on screen. 
that is just like you trying to turn the channel, but you can't. And it's just like they they understand how to communicate with each other. Like, how is she just able to drop in with the dragon and get the egg back from him? You know, he's able to just put this random bag in her room and she's like, OK, well, let me just go in this treasure hunt and go see what's going down. But it's like they both have this just like weird like vibe that you can't explain. Um, and I think that's the scene kind of playing this out. And I just I'm very curious to see where it's going to go. And um, and like Jamie was saying, having this scene in comparison to Viserys and Alicent um, was it's, it was interesting to see these two young girls in this world in these different aspects. Like one is seeing the pleasure side of it. One is like this is the duty. So it's I and you haven't seen that in this world before you know, having these women where they get to play this out in two different scenarios. It's usually like we're cringing because we're like, oh, why does a woman have to go through this? And, um, you know, all the birth scenes and everything they were showing us in the very beginning. So, yeah, it's interesting. But I can't wait to see how this plays out because I think there's something going on. And, you know, maybe it's just not, you know, it's not like ever after love, cookies and rainbow. But I think it's something going on between Damon and Renera whenever I see them come on the screen. So, yeah, that's just I like. And, you know, when we pointed out the necklace in the beginning. I just don't think you you kind of approach your niece in that way if you don't have something else. And just in my opinion is what I kind of took from it. So. Yeah. Angelica. I, oh, go ahead. And also, there's a chemistry. There's a vibe there, whether it's romance, it's, it's some type yeah. of attraction, but I yeah. can't label it. I can't label it, but I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jamie. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that there's more of a kinship. I don't, I don't think it's romantic at all. And I'm, I still stand by that from our very first episode when we were talking about the necklace scene. So, cause in my opinion, if it was romantic, Damon would have slept with her. So Angelica, you nailed it when you said that this was a lesson that he's teaching her a lesson about pleasure and arousal and sexuality. And, you know, he's a very free spirit. We've seen that, <laughs> how he likes <laughs> to hang out in the brothels. And I love the way this scene parallels with the scene between Alicent and Viserys, because in their relationship, sex is seen as a duty and it's not yep. seen as passionate. It's not seen as something that's pleasurable and even in that moment where damon says marriage is a duty the scene actually intercuts with allison looking you know you know staring at the ceiling emotionless and taking absolutely no pleasure out of viserys fornicating with her in that moment so this this these two scenes intercutting with each other is trying to tell us something and Again, Angelica, you you nailed it with he's trying to teach her a lesson about just being free and open with your sexuality and that you don't have to see sex as a duty. Sex doesn't have to be about having children and having kids. So um, and yeah, I, I do think that this is probably the first time she's been around common people and been around because they were in King's Landing. So in King's Landing is, you know, dirty, common people, brothels everywhere probably stinks i think in the game of thrones books it even says that like you can smell the stench of king's landing from like miles and miles beyond mm -hmm. its walls so it's <laughs> it's not a pleasant place to be um but yeah it it, it was kind of fun to see how frisky and excited Renera was to be out there because she's like oh I've never been out here before this is really cool you know and, yeah. and then she's dressed up as a boy and then the man bumps into her and calls her boy and she's like he called me a boy <laughs> <You know? laughs> so she's just so excited that she's somewhere different outside of the walls of um you know the of royalty of what she's used to and that was 
that was kind of cool to see. Yeah, she was she was she was like at Disneyland. She was having the time of her yeah. life. The time of her life. A stinky, not, a stinky version Disney of it. Stinky land. She had a she had herself her what was it the turkey leg? She had her little turkey leg, her little drink. She was happy. The turkey leg. Uh, oh yeah. Yes. Yes, the turkey leg. Um, so yeah, so Rainier returns to the Red Keep, you know, under the cover of night. Um, and I, I like this part when she kind of like storms into her room and blows past Kristen, because uh, or Christian, because you know he, as far as he's concerned, she went to her room. He don't know about no secret passage. He's like, whoa, Rainier, where you coming from? Are you okay? And she opens the door and she like takes his helmet like really playfully. So clearly uh, Damon left her hot and bothered. So she's 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 wanting to play. So he goes to like retrieve it and then she kisses him and then starts to like unbutton her shirt slowly and he's like stop stop cuz you know we have to remember as Kingsguard he's supposed to be chased. Um but she kind of silently says no to him and she quietly starts to take off his armor piece by piece. And for me in this moment, I'm like, dang, can you imagine trying to have sex back in the day? Like, let's say Rhaenyra wasn't wearing a page boy outfit. Let's say she was in like her corset and everything. You got to take off all this stuff. You got to take off your armor. It's just, I would be tired. <laughs> least, it's like at least 30 minutes, you know, you know, at least 30 minutes an hour. At least, let's start, it's like me taking off my Spanx, you know? Like, it's so much work <laughs> trying to get out of these clothes. Um, so, yeah, she takes off his armor bit by bit, and then he he sets down his white cloak, which is very symbolic of his role, his honor, his vow of chastity. He's putting this to the side, and he's still very much conflicted, but, like, what can you do when a beautiful girl is standing in front of you, like, half naked? So, you know, he she pulls him to the bed, and they make sweet, sweet love. Like, there's no other way around it. And Rainier is basically putting her uncle's word to the test. She's realizing, like, hey, sex can actually be fun. It can actually feel good. So I'll, I'll stop there for your guys' thoughts on this uh, PG-13 moment. <laughs> I ain't mad at it. I mean, I'm just saying, that's what I said. I don't understand why we can't just, you know, go around some of these rules and that's who she should have married. That's what I'm just saying. But, you know, I get it. I get it. That's how that's how it works. But I see you, Rainier. I see you. But she didn't waste no time. She was like, okay, so my uncle laid this out for me and this is how we do this. And I can get away with this. And I can, and I can, because you know she's been checking them out. Because I'm like, who's not? So she she took her moment. But so yeah, I ain't mad at her. Was this a PG 13 moment? <laughs> I didn't I see boobies. I feel like I didn't see boobies. I saw a butt I though. Saw... We saw Kristen's butt. <laughs> <laughs> Butts are PG 13. <laughs> are they are they really yeah, I've, oh. I've seen some booty okay okay i didn't know that i thought i thought that was at our level okay um i mean I, i'm here for it Maybe. you know I'm, yeah i'm not we complaining booty um yeah i was like okay fabiel i see you i see you um <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I think since episode one, I saw this coming, like the, the chemistry between Kristen and Rhaenyra has been just permeating and it's been palpable since the very first episode. So this is no surprise that they hooked up and, um, I'm here for it. Like I, it, it's funny to see how basically Damon accomplished exactly what he'd set out to do. Um, I wasn't expecting it to happen that fast, but, um, yeah. but yeah, so she, she went ahead and, and got her groove on and she, she got it with the right one. Yeah. I, I'm just really mad that Damon got his knees laid. <laughs> like great job. 
Damon got skills. I'm telling you, y'all sleeping on Damon. He got skills. When I tell you, he always got a plan. Like, his plans yes. got plans. I'm just telling you right now, his plans got plans. So, yeah, yeah. he be ready. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll see the consequences of that later. Um, so Otto, Otto, still, it's still nighttime. Otto receives a message from that young boy that we saw outside the pleasure house. Um, he's a messenger from the white worm. So I was like, ooh, who's this? Um, and so the next morning, a uh, hungover Damon is looked after by Masaria, who is clad in white. Hmm, white worm, you say? So I, I thought the scene was funny. Damon tells her he doesn't need help from a common whore. So she's like, I'm not common. And he's like, okay, I'm not so common whore. Um, <laughs> and Masaria is like, look, I left that life behind. I found something better. I found something far more profitable. And that little boy comes back with money in hand. So she's being paid for her, her information. Um, and so she leaves and she tells Damon to pay for the room on the way out. So I'm assuming she owns the pleasure house and very much like Peter Baelish, she gets a lot of information from all the pillow talking that happens there. Um, so we, we got to watch out for Miss Masaria. She, she not playing games. Uh, so Otto, I thought this was interesting. Otto is outside of Viserys' chambers, outside of his doors. And he's like, preparing himself like he takes a few deep breaths and I really don't think he gets a lot of pleasure out of delivering this bad news um I, I'm not sure how that's going to be read but I, I it looked like he wasn't very happy about what he had to say so he he enters his chambers of a series of chambers it's early in the morning um Allison obviously was still laying with her husband she's I think she's like changing behind like a screen but she, she's eavesdropping and she overhears um that Rhaenyra was spotted outside the Red Keep in a pleasure house engage in unladylike behavior with Damon and Otto is struggling to give these details and Viserys is like just say it plainly what what acts and he's like ah Rhaenyra was seen coupled with Damon um so Viserys dismisses this as a vicious rumor he's like you know bring your source to me so I can rip out his eyes and I'm like oh this is very Targaryen like of him um, but Otto is not revealing his sources, but he says the source is very reliable. And even the servants um, co 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 collaborated, I guess, co co I forgot the legal word, but his servants <laughs> confirmed that they saw Rhaenyra return in disguise in the late hours. So the series at this point is kind of catching on to Otto's game. And he's like, you know, your ambitions of power are really getting the best of you so much that you're willing to spy on my daughter and to destroy her reputation. And Otto was like, these are not my wishes. But it, even so, Viserys just tells him to get out. Um, so I'll stop there for you guys to comment on that heated exchange or even the scene before that with the white worm. Yeah, I mean, um, I still don't like Otto. I mean, I still I still think, I still got my questions about him. Like, what's his, his things that he still got going? But... I, I, I agree. I think he, obviously he wasn't expecting to get the news that he got. Like, you know, he's going to have these, these people going around, you know, trying to figure out what's going on in Kingland and keep an eye out for things. But I think he, I don't think he, I guess he wasn't as necessarily maybe enjoying it, but I feel like he was ready to give this news because he has other motives that we can tell, you know, when it comes to like, you know, the position Allison is in, you know, his grandson so I just think, I think he has a motive in that sense of like, maybe he doesn't want to necessarily tell Viserys this because he knows how Viserys feels about Rhaenyra. He knows like, you know, the pull that Rhaenyra has on, obviously it's his daughter. 
but I think he was ready. Like he was like, okay, when I deliver this news, he's gonna have to, you know, I can, I'm, it's gonna have to like, I see this going in the direction I want it to go now. Um, you know, where he sees that, you know, she's not ready for this role or, you know, she can't be the queen or something like that or the heir or whatever. So I don't know. I just, I always feel like something about him still doesn't rub me right. Where I always feel like he has a, he has another motive um, coming about something. And, you know, uh, shout out to Maseria for coming back. I, I like how she bossing up and she's definitely going to have like, you definitely got to watch out for her because she, when you in that kind of position, you know, Littlefinger did a little bit of that mess back in GOT when you can like work the, cause you know, when you're dealing with like messing with people's desires and their pleasures and people going to talk in those situations. So you get like all kind of information, like all the dirt. So I think that's a shout out to her to be able to put herself in that position and, and see how that's going to work for her. So yeah, very interesting. Yes, agreed. Jamie? Yeah, I mean, I would compare her to more of like a medieval version of Heidi Fleiss. I don't know if you guys remember her from back in the 90s. <laughs> the, the madam. <laughs> the Hollywood madam. madam to the stars. <laughs> like, really, she's, she's, a, she's a madam from what you're yeah. describing here. And then she's got like information and dirt on probably some pretty notable people that she beds with. So she's like a medieval Heidi Fleiss to me. Um, and then Otto, Otto, I am now comparing him because you know how I like to compare these characters to the <laughs> Game of Thrones. I am comparing him to Lord Varys. I think that he has, just like Lord Varys had like his spiders and his spies yep. to go out. Otto has his spiders. He has his little spies to go and spy on the princess and who knows who else um, to get information that benefits him, you know, and he says it's for the realm and all of this, but let's, you know, let's be honest. It, this is also to benefit him as well. I mean, it probably is to benefit the realm. I think that there is probably um, not as much uh, an ego, there's not as much ego in Otto as in Peter Baelish, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but we would be very naive to think that Otto doesn't have some sort of self-interests in this as, um, as well into spying on the princess. So that's what he reminded me in this moment with the spies. And uh, just, you know, this this behavior, it's going to catch up to him. I just, I, I'm, I'm not feeling Otto playing this kind of game at all. Yeah, I would say um, to your point, Viserys and, and Peter were kind of like two sides of the same coin to me. Um, but like you said, one had honorable intentions. I don't think Varys, you know, Varys was always about, I'm about the realm. I don't care who's in charge. It's whatever it's best for the realm. Whereas Peter was more self-interested, self-motivated. And I feel like Otto is a mix of both. You know, he, yeah. Yeah, no, that that that's that's perfect. Yeah, because yeah, Varys wasn't really about self interest at all, at all. No, he was more like a just a, a gossip queen. <laughs> he really was. I just feel he was like, like he, was it um, Perez Hilton, but like good. Yeah, <laughs> like good you know, he just liked the tea. He was just enjoying the tea of it all. Um, but yeah, that that's a good summation there, Angelica. Like he's a little bit of both because. Otto doesn't like Damon and he's going to do everything in his power to make sure that Damon does not have any, um, you know, d is not at all going to be a part of being an apparent heir. So, yeah. 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 Yep. So we'll see how Middlefinger, <laughs> AKA Otto, <laughs> ends up. Yeah. 
ends up. Uh, so yeah, so fresh from her evening tryst, you know, Rhaenyra has awoken. She's a woman now. Uh, she's combing her silver hair. She's getting dressed, and Kristen, uh, Kristen enters her chambers, and she's just like, "Oh, <laughs> hey there!" And he's like, "Yeah, the, the queen wishes to see you." So you know, he he's trying to forget this ever happened. <laughs> he's trying to move on in his life. She she got him in a weak moment. We'll leave it at that. Um, so at the Godswood, Allison demands to know what happened last night. Um, as her father has some has made some really like worrying a- allegations against her, and she asked like, "Were you with Damon?" And Rhaenyra was like, <laughs> "She's trying to play this off. She's like, ah, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen him in years, but he decided to take me out for a night of fun." And she's like, well, what is your dad accusing me of, of, of having some drinks, of leaving the castle after dark? And then Allen's is like, Allison is like, uh, you know, he's accusing you of sleeping with your uncle in a pleasure house. And Rhaenyra is like, that is a vile accusation. And Allison is like, okay, well, Targaryens have really queer customs, sis. Like, and you know, Damon don't have any limits. So Allison is kind of half right and Rhaenyra is half right. She's obviously lying by omission. Um, so Rhaenyra is like, you know, begging her not to believe this gossip you know how could her father have witnessed such a thing and she was like well he didn't see it but he was told so Rhaenyra is like so you're just like accusing me of of slanders this is not even like first-hand information um and she's like look I'm just trying to help you so Rhaenyra ends up quote unquote telling the truth you know she says it was late she was following Damon into the you know to this brothel because he was her escort for the night she didn't know how to get back home you know she told him she wanted to go back but he wanted to like have more fun she watched everything in the pleasure house but she you know no one touched her nothing happened between them and eventually he sunk into his cups and went off somewhere with another whore so Allison believes her but she's like, you should never have put yourself in this compromising position. You know, you're trying to get married. It would be impossible if your honor wasn't intact. Um, so, you know, I know y'all ain't the biggest fans of Allison, but she looking out for her, her friends. So I'm going to stop there and let you guys comment. No, still don't trust her. No, I'm kidding. She did. She did try to, uh, <laughs> she did try to sit with Renera, you know, and try to get the truth out. But I knew Renera was going to tell her nothing because it's, it's, I think after that whole announcement where she married her father, it, it, obviously it's going to change the game. So they're not the same anymore. So, you know, I, I already knew Renee was going to try to play. She was going to try to play it to the fist because, you know, she has to tell her something because Allison ain't, Allison's not stupid. So she knows something went down or where you were at. So she was like, okay, I can just make this work. I can tell the story right up to this point and I don't have to say anything, you know, so my dad didn't find out. So, you know, I mean, I, 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 you know, I feel bad for Renee now because, you know, it's the day after when everything, all the secrets come out and you just got to figure out how you're going to duck and dive and figure it out. So, yeah, I felt it. It was tense. These things were tense. Yeah. I mean, why would Renee admit to Allison that she slept with or that she had any sort of relations with Damon? Like, that doesn't even make sense to me. And the power dynamic, remember, the power dynamic has shifted between these two. So they're no longer just friends, girlfriends hanging out at the Godswood, you know, reading books and all of that and chatting it up. She's a queen. And any information that she tells Alicent is going to go straight to Viserys. And you're right, Ryan, like she doesn't really have any reason to trust her because Alicent did break her trust by keeping secrets from her. So, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of lying. I don't think lying is a good thing, but lying by omission, which is what Rhaenyra did here, 
I kind of don't blame her uh, because yeah. she's basically trying to keep herself from being in a, uh, a, a situation that could probably mess some things up between her father and, and compromise really the realm. So yeah, she, she did what she had to do. This was her in defense mode. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I ain't got to tell. <laughs> I ain't going to tell nobody my business. If they don't got to know, I'm going to get around it. If I can, I'm not mad at her. Um, so yeah, still, still pretty hungover. Uh, Damon returns to the red keep and he gets dragged into the throw room by the King's guard. Um, this is where we see a little bit of heat coming from Viserys. You know, thus far, he's been pretty even keel. He's had his moments, but <laughs> when it comes to his baby girl, he's pissed. So at this point, um, Damon is pretty much on the floor. He, he doesn't have a lot of strength in him. He drank way too much. So Viserys confronts him as he's lying on the ground. And I, I feel for Damon. I've been in his position before. It, it don't You don't want no one yelling at you while you're, you know, the room is spinning. So I'm like, ooh, poor guy. Um, so Viserys is just like, you know, are you going to deny the accusations? And Damon's like, I don't even know what I'm being accused of. <laughs> like, I just got here. Um, so Viserys kicks him. Like, oh, while he's down like that, all right. And he reminds him, like, you defiled Rhaenyra. And Damon's like, what does it matter at her age? You and I both ran through all the pleasure houses on the Silk Street. So Viserys is like, we were young men. Rhaenyra's only a girl. And Damon's like, you know, she's a grown woman. Better her first experience be with me than some whore. And I was like, oh, you deserve another <laughs> kick to the chest for that one. <laughs> um, so Viserys is like, you know, you ruined her. Who's going to marry her now? And Damon takes his opportunity. And maybe this is another reason why he did what he did. Um, you know, he's like, how about you let me marry Rhaenyra? And he's like, you're already married. And he was like, um, you know, Aegon the Conqueror took on a, another wife. He had two wives. And Viserys pulls out his dagger and holds it up against Damon's throat. And he's like, you're no conqueror. You're a plague sent to destroy me. <laughs> and I was like, dang, he is fed up. And still, Damon still persists. He's like, look, Marion Rhaenyra will return the Targaryens to their greatness. And Viserys is like, oh, now I know why you did what you did. You don't care about my daughter. You just want the throne. So he banishes him once again back to his wife and back to the veil. And once again, Damon's like, as you wish. It's like he's staying getting kicked out the house. <laughs> like, this this man can't win. So I'll, I'll stop there for your thoughts on this, uh, on seeing Viserys kind of finally show a little bit of fire. Man, do anybody like Damon? He can't never stay nowhere. Anyway. But, you know, um, yeah, I was kind of waiting for you to get to the scene uh, because I was thinking about back to them, you know, him and uh, him and Renera, Damon and Renera, um, because, I, you know, like you guys were saying, OK, obviously it was a lesson because, you know, he's like he got years above Renera and knows how this game works. But I was also like, well, dang, he got another motive, too, because I see something else happening here, um, you know, as part as that. But, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you still can't really judge their relationship. But I kind of feel like he had something where he was like, OK. I see she getting she a little skeptical about this about this crown about you know being the heir what goes with it, um, so he kind of played with that a little bit. I felt like I feel I was telling something else was going down here even though he did you know obviously he taught her something, but I feel like he always Damon always got like I said plans got plans, and so you gotta watch you gotta watch uh, Damon coming in. But yeah, I like Viserys getting angry about something because I'm like you know and you know obviously you know that's the right moment because it's his daughter it's baby girl you don't play with her. But it's like he I feel like he always just coasting. You know, he drinking a lot, he coasting. 
And I'm like, and I like, I like that moment where he's finally got that little fire lit where he was like, okay, this can't go down. Like, listen, we ain't got time for this. Now, you know what's up against for the, for the crown right now, what she dealing with. I don't know why you doing this. And so it was good to just see something different from him. Cause it's always just like, like I said, he like hunched over, he's drinking or something. He not really understanding like the full scope of what's going down. Um, because you know, he's, that's not his form of a king. So I thought that I like, I like that moment. So I thought that was interesting to see him like kind of turn up a little bit, you know, Damon was drunk. So, you know, maybe he ain't had to kick him, but then, you know, I wasn't mad at the kick. So, you know. Yeah. Well, I got this. I gave the series the side eye when he said he's ruined her and who will marry her now. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that gave me the side eye. Cause I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. So you're upset about Damon defiling Rhaenyra, but your main concern is about who will marry her now. <laughs> like, dude, like he's still, his eyes are still on the realm, still on, you know, the heir apparent and all of that. I don't know. Um, I, I think that it's good that we saw a little bit of fight in Viserys, but I wish he would take some of that energy and put it into making some damn decisions for the realm. Uh, rather than spending that energy into having these little, you know, spats with his brother. So, um, yeah, he he has every right to be upset with him, obviously. But there, there are things, there are worse things that I think the series needs to, <laughs> I think. I'm sorry. Like, where is Carlos? This is so bad. You know it's bad when you're saying, well, there's worse things than, than Damon <laughs> Yeah, that's true. true. That's true. That is but true. Hey, that does sound bad, doesn't it? Why we shot those Targaryens? That that like, is true. I'm like, come on now. What am I what am I saying? Um No, Jay, I wish you, Jay, because these are Targaryens. We ain't worried about this. But seriously, this show done corrupted us. It really has. It really has. Because okay, the reason I say that is because it it is the Targaryen way. They do yeah. sleep with like incest is a part of their tradition. They do yeah. that to purify the bloodline. So let's be clear, like please, if you guys are listening and you do not know about this universe, Targaryens have ancestral relationships that is a yeah. common thread throughout their bloodline. Um, so I'm not condoning this behavior. I'm just saying, <laughs> I think the series is getting mad about things where there are other things that are actually going to destroy him as a king, destroy his, uh, destroy the realm itself, which right now, like things are crumbling with the, the council. Like he's got people against him. That's like working behind the scenes. You've got Corliss right now that's plotting against him. So you've got all of these things that are happening and that's not your priority, but then you're having all of this energy and anger and you know, you're, this righteous indignation towards Damon, which is warranted, but it's just like, where's that fire when it comes to the issues that really plague the, the realm? So that's, that's all I'm trying to say, if that makes sense. No, I got, I got you. And when you think about it, is Damon such a bad match for Rhaenyra? Like she reels him in, right? All his craziness. She she's one of the only people that can reel him in. And then he obviously is wise and can give her good advice. So I feel like they are a good balance. Um, like like I said, we're not condoning incestuous relationships. Right. We're not. 
We're not condoning it, but within this universe, it's, it's kind of okay. Because I, I gave like Otto it. the side eye when he suggested Aegon marrying Rhaenyra. I was just like, but he's that. Too. Aegon, I can't even pronounce. Can't even put a sentence together now. Come on, that's I was different. like, Aegon, I can't even put the sentence together. I was like, come on now, bro. I, was like, I mean, uh, I mean, were we not rooting for Jon Snow and Daenerys, and that was his whole auntie? So like, you know, yeah. Oh, oh, that made me so mad. That made me so mad though when I found that out. I'm not even gonna lie. I was so mad when I found that out. I was like, they is not getting ready to. It is. So like, but yeah, you know, it, it is a point there. Though. I could almost excuse, you know, aunt, uncle, aunt, uh, no, un- uncle, nieces. <laughs> you know, that's kind of that's kind of like a little bit more of yeah. a separation. You know, even you know, Viserys married his cousin Ama. Like, you can almost take that, but like, just like blood, blood, like your brother or your sister. That's where I draw the line. All right, so. And that's how the Targaryens, you know, roll. <laughs> that's, you know, that's how they be doing in the kingdom. Didn't you hear? Didn't Jaharis marry his sister? Yes, he had a sister wife. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wife yeah. sister. Yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, yeah. So, but Viserys though, how about ruling that kingdom though? Yes. I'm just saying. On the side. <sighs> All right. Well, <laughs> no, we got that behind us. Um. So, Rhaenyra, she's getting escorted back to her father's chamber, and once again, she's kind of looking at Kristen like. Boy, we just slept together. Show me some attention. He's not. He just wants to forget that night. So he's escorting her back to her father's chambers. Um, and when she enters his room, she sees a Valer- the Valyrian steel dagger placed over the fire. And I just want to know, I don't know if anyone noticed, but that dagger is the exact same dagger that was used to try to assassinate Bran in the first season of Game of Thrones. The one that ended up in Peter Baelish's possession. Well, this thing has been around for, yeah, it's been around for a long time. Um, it was owned by Aegon the Conqueror. So, you know, Viserys, she goes to grab the hilt of this dagger. Viserys um, enters the room and he kind of tells her the history of the blade, how far back it's gone, even before Aegon. Um, but before Aegon the Conqueror died, the pyromancers hit, a, his, hit his secret within the steel. So just uh, once again, just like Lord of the Rings, <laughs> you know, when they when they look at the 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 dagger heated up you can see a, a message an an, an inscription so you know she reads from my blood comes the prince that was promised and his will be the song of ice and fire shout out to john snow because <laughs> john was literal the literal uh personification of ice and fire he was you know the fire of the Targaryens with the the cold and the ice of the of the Starks. So that this is basically the prophecy that's kind of said throughout the entire series, both House of the Dragon and this, uh, you know, A Song of Ice Fire. So this is kind of like the prevalent theme. So the series tells her the responsibility of this knowledge that he's passing to her is larger than the throne. It's bigger than her and her desires. Um, and for what she's done, Jahiris would have disinherited her. So Rhaenyra was like, you know, why would I be disinherited for a lie? And Viserys tells her, like, it doesn't matter. The, the It's not about what's the truth. It's about the perception. And she's exposed them. And now they both have to suffer the consequences. So Rhaenyra, she's pretty defiant at this point. She's like, look, if I was a man, I could bet whoever I wanted. I could have a whole bunch of bastards running around and no one would bat an eye. And he tells her, like, yeah, you're right. But unfortunately, you were born a woman. So the rules are different for you. Um, so she's like, okay, well, you're going to strip me of my titles and name, you know, Aegon heir. And he was like, I would. Like, it's like a dad, like, yelling at his daughter, like, I would punish you. But, you know, he doesn't want to divide the realm. So he tells her, like, look, your courtship is now at an end. You are going to marry Laenor Velaryon. 
So finally, Jamie, say hallelujah. He made a decision. <laughs> Yay. So Rhaenyra, she's scoffing at this. She's like, you want me to marry the son of the sneeze steak? This is a remedy for your political headaches. And he's like, you are my political headache. Like, <laughs> this series is fed up. Um, so he tells, like, look, Mary and Laenor will unite the two most powerful houses of the realm, combining their dragons and, you know, with all, with, with, with their, you know, they both have navies, so they're combining all that together. They're, they're going to be inseparable. They're the two great Valerian households. And coming together would just make them, undefeatable so Rhaenyra is like okay I, I hear what you're saying um but what are you going to do about Otto and you know despite being very angry at Otto for what he's done Viserys still believes that he served two kings himself and his his grandfather loyally and faithfully um and Rhaenyra was like no he's so dead set on making Aegon you know heir to the throne that he's going to stop at nothing to get what he wants and that includes spying on me and trying to ruin my reputation um, so he's like, how can you unite the realm as you claim if your most trusted advisor is so self-interested? And Viserys is like, everyone is self-interested. Like, what's the difference? Um, but she pretty much, you know, she lays down the law. She gives him an ultimatum. She's going to marry Lenor, but he's going to have to get rid of Otto. So um, I'll stop there for you guys. Yeah. Um, I think I give okay i'll give Otto like uh like a slither of something here because i like i because i'm always like suspicious of the man but i do think since viserys like you know hallelujah like you guys say it finally made a decision i think because viserys is this king whenever Otto says something even though it is self um you know it's about trying to you know improve himself and get himself ahead it's like this certain presence that he has when you tell viserys is going to listen to it Whereas, like, you know, you know, to, to, to come, like, kind of foreshadow and not give anything away, some, you have a hand that is just going to tell you the truth, but maybe you don't have that certain, you know, influence or power over the person. And Viserys very much needs somebody to guide him because it's like, I don't know why it's so difficult for him to sink into this, into this role of, like, you're the king, you need to make these decisions. Um, and, you know, kind of stick to it. So I'll give Avo that little sliver, but I agree with Renera. Like something had to be done because I don't think Viserys would have ever really noticed what Otto's plan is because he just doesn't pay attention like that. So I think it was, I think it was very interesting for her to play that game where it was like, okay, you telling me what I need to do as a future heir, as a queen. So this is what you need to do. Cause I see this going on behind your back. You're not doing anything about it. So I thought that was interesting for her to play that tactic. Also, it's like, sir, this is what they told you about Corliss family before and it's like, well, now his daughter is having to kind of, you know, in a sense, kind of fix that, even though he can't marry a 12 year old, let me go ahead and like, don't, don't condone marrying a 12 year old. But I like how it's kind of like on Renera now to kind of put this shit back on the train, like where it's supposed to go and, and, you know, make sure these houses are going to have this presence for years to come. So, but yeah, I thought this was interesting. It was definitely another one of their very interesting daughter or father or little, uh, discussions and. So we shall see. We shall see uh, what comes out of like I don't not being a hand anymore. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm congratulations to King Viserys for making a decision. Yes, finally. Um, I think also it's very interesting that the decision he decided to make came from Lord Lionel Strong and not from Otto. So that was interesting. Um, and yeah, I, I I really enjoyed this scene. I, I don't think that the ultimatum will be a hard one. I, I think that uh, the writing is on the wall with, with Otto because the, the advice with Otto that, he, that he's been giving 
uh, Viserys throughout really these episodes, Viserys has always questioned it. He's always kind of given him the side eye and <laughs> and just not really been on board with Otto's suggestions. And it wasn't until Lord Lionel Strong made this suggestion about um, Lainor where he actually like looked like he wanted to give this thing some thought. Like it wasn't something where he winced or was like, mm, I don't know, or I disagree. Like he actually took something into consideration just looking at the expression on his face. So um, the writing is on the wall with this one. I, I, I think her giving him an ultimatum Again, this won't be a decision that I think will be hard for uh, Viserys, but I'm I'm glad that he actually exerted some executive power for a change in uh, telling Rhaenyra that she should marry uh, Laner Valerion. Yep, agreed. Um, so uh, Otto is summoned to the boardroom <laughs> to to the <laughs> the the room where the small council meets, and uh, Viserys says five days. Uh, he recounts the last days of his father, Balon Targaryen, who was a healthy, you know, vivacious, you know, just like he was called Balon the Great. He was a dragon rider um, and he was named heir to the throne, but he was also named Hand of the King while his father was alive. Um, and they kind of had a hunt in honor of his his of of him being named the Hand of the King. And he ended up dying just five days after from a burst belly. Otto says it was a grim day. He remembers it very well. And Viserys counters, well, it was a good day for you, Otto, because you are named Hand of the King in Balon's place. Um, so Viserys is like, you know, you served my grandfather well, and you, and you even taught me how to be a king. Um, but it took only five days for you to go from another member of the court to the Hand of the King. So he wonders, you know, how long did it take for you to choose yourself over me, over your king? And he finally wakes up to the fact that Alicent was a calculated distraction, uh, distraction after Amos' death. Uh, and, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, where is this coming from? I've only ever served you, you know, as my king. The series is like, yep, you served me well, but I can't trust you anymore. And he kind of snatches the badge of the hand of the king like T.I. snatched um, <laughs> old girl's chain. Like, this is mine. And he dismisses him uh, from service. And I was like, dang, he actually, and another decision was made. He he fired Otto from his post. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to stop there if you guys have any thoughts on that exchange and his kind of his story, the five days. Yeah, he was hurt. But we, I mean, I was like, Otto, you ain't see this coming? Well, probably not. It's for serious. So he, I guess he just didn't see Renera coming. Um, but no. Yeah, I mean, you know, I ain't gonna miss Otto. So, you know, it is what it is, but it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. Um, you know, like Jamie said, I mean it's kinda not a mystery what's gonna happen because we know Otto was trying to serve itself. We know how it was gonna go down. But, you know, it's it's kind of too like he was a little bit of a back and for Allison. You know, that is her dad. So it's it's gonna be like I feel like it's like a little bit of like wanna see what the results is of him leaving and, and you know how she's gonna feel about that. And you know, the way her like, you know, does the calculation turn up a notch? You know, how's Allison gonna be dealing with this this kind of going forward and what all that means and, and like the look on his face when you take the when you take it off, like he's not the hand anymore and you take the little um pin off of him was like that's one of those priceless moments where you kinda like zoom in, like, ooh, he felt that one. He felt that one when that was when that was gone. So it'll it'll be interesting to see like him going forward. This was this is a great moment uh where we get to see the psyche of 
Otto Hightower. We really get to see the man that he has become because five days to become a hand, like that's got to be a huge ego trip. That's got to be a huge power trip for someone. Like you, most people, when they, you know, ascend to success, it takes it takes some time, right? It can take years. It can take decades. It depends on what the situation is. But when you ascend to one of the highest positions, <laughs> right below king, um, in five days, that's got to boost the hell out of your ego. And it makes sense why Otto is the way he is and makes the decisions that he makes. So great, great uh, development here into Otto's character. And um, I think that the series, I think he knew for a while about the the calculated play with Alicent. Uh, He just chose to ignore it. Maybe he was partially in denial but uh, this wasn't something that was a sudden thing. Like, oh, yeah, and by the way, you know, that that distraction, that calculated distraction, that was messed up. Like, I think he, he kind of saw that that was something that Otto was playing for a while. Um, and he just chose not to act on it because he's a weak guy. He's just a weak character. <laughs> so um, it's just now that this ultimatum has been given to him. He has every reason to go ahead and, and remove Otto from uh, from being handed the king. So, yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely loved this scene. I, I enjoyed Otto being told off and put in his place and getting uh, that pin removed and moving right along. So it'll be I'm curious to see what Otto's next play is now, because, I, you know, we're obviously not done with Otto yet. No, definitely not. We we, we see Otto later down the line. Um, yeah, it, seems, it seems to me that things often work out in his favor, but this is not the last that we'll see of him. Um, so, yeah. So last scene of the episode, you know, Rainier is in her chambers. She got what she wanted. She's happy. She's content. The Grand Maester walks in. He hands her um, this, like, chalice uh, was sent by the king. And she was like, well, what is it? And he was like, oh, it's tea meant to rid you of any unwanted consequences. Um, This is the, the famous moon tea, which is the Westeros, the equivalent, you know, to the abortion pill, essentially. Um, and uh, Rhaenyra kind of sees that maybe her dad didn't believe her after all, or at least he's taken the necessary precautions in the event she was lying. Um, and she, she was telling the truth from the fact that she never had sex with Damon, but she certainly got down with Kristen. So, uh, you know, taking that tea might be a good idea after all. And so we kind of end the scene with her staring at this cup of tea. Um, and that is the end of the episode. So... Uh, how did well I guess your comments on that that last scene and the episode overall um yeah I was surprised about the uh the moon tea I didn't think they had that back in the day but I was like okay I because I, I didn't I didn't remember hearing about it before so I was kind of surprised that that was something they had but I was like you know I guess that works out for somebody like you know Rhaenyra like doing her own um you know spin on what it means to be an heir and a woman in this time period kind of working the angles how she can work it so um yeah the go ahead 
I was going to say the moon tea wasn't really talked on on the show okay. as much. I believe it was more so a reference in the books, the moon tea. And the last reference that I can think of is um, Lysa Aaron. Well, used to get it in back in the day before she got married. Um, so, but to make herself honorable for Lord Aaron, she took moon tea um, to get rid of. I believe it was actually Peter Baelish's baby. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I was going to say, I didn't think they would have anything like that because they need it, boy. Because I'm just like... When you see like some of that stuff that was playing out in Game of Thrones and people having kids and not want to be the, um, you know, married to this person. So that is interesting that they, they were, I mean, I guess you could call it a choice somewhat, but you know, it's, I guess it's something for back in the day. I guess it's, a, it's something they had back in the day that gave them a little bit of an, of an option, but yeah, just overall on this, on this episode, I stick to my first term in the beginning, it was messy, but you know, this is what we love about this world. The drama's going to keep, because it's like now we're really getting into you know, the personality of the Targaryens, you know, a lot of the sketch stuff that people that you don't, con you know, we've said a million times on condoning sleeping with your niece and, you know, brothers and sisters sort of thing that goes on in this world. But, um, you know, that's how that family rolls and you get in like the dirt and the drama on this family, you know, so to speak, it's like a, you know, it's like a medieval, like soap opera or something, you know, with all the family that you're kind of going through now, you're kind of getting into like the, the, you know, the beginning stages of it. And the series, we're going to need you to keep stepping up. Like, hopefully this is not going, like, he's going to do this for, like, what episode and and go back to, like, not paying attention to what's going around him, like, his council, what's going on in the kingdom, you know, because you can't get so focused on, like, you know, just your family and what's going, you know, you got to keep an eye on Rhaenyra because she is new to this, but it's like, that can't be your only focus. Like, you are, you know, you are, this is, like, you're the ruler, you have this helm, so do something with it and pay attention. So hopefully he'll he'll continue to do that forward and, like, him seeing, we seeing him get mad, it's not just like he's going to stop here. So hopefully he'll continue to make decisions. But yeah, I like this. I thought, I thought this was sort of a cool episode to really develop these characters um, to get, you know, see them, see that fire a little bit. You know, Damon, we still got our eye on you because we know how you roll. I like the haircut. And, you know, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for the next episode to see where everything goes. Yeah. Um, yes. So just to kind of break down, I think what Twitter will have as far as their takeaways, Matt Damon's haircut will be the talk of the town. <laughs> Matt, Matt Smith or Matt? Who, what Matt? We can know Matt. We're, we're, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say Matt Damon. I, Matt Damon. <laughs> you know, Prince Damon is Matt Damon. So the the Matt um, Damon cut. Okay. okay um, so <laughs> that that is gonna be, I, I think, a thing on Twitter. Um, if if not, I'm gonna make it a thing on Twitter. Um, and then <laughs> Kristen's butt will definitely be the talk of Twitter for sure because. <laughs> That's kind of technically our first like nude scene in House of the Dragon is Kristen's butt. So, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about that. Otto being told to get the F out of there. I think that that is going to get folks, you know, riled up and there's going to be some celebratory moments uh, for those of us that have been hating on Otto these past few episodes. Um, and then, you know, Ray Ray's going to be in an interracial relationship. That's going to be different. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Ray and Lele. Ray Ray and Lele. Ray Ray and yes. Lele. Man, them invitations going to be dope. Ray Lele. Ray Lele will be the new um, portmanteau. <laughs> the ship name. <laughs> so it was Definitely a great episode. It was a great episode. I enjoyed every bit of it. No thing I will add though. Didn't Damon have a nude scene? I mean, I know you know what? You're absolutely right. Thank you, Ryan. There was a nude scene with Matt Smith. And I think we did see his butt. 
I, yeah, it was the uh, first episode. It was the very was... first episode where he couldn't yeah. finish. Yeah. So um, you're you're right. Okay. <laughs> Thank that's you, Ryan. No, that's, that's a tweet. No, that's a tweet right there. That's a tweet for Booty David galore. Right there. So Booty. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tweet right there. See, so, I, I wasn't yeah. really checking for Matt Smith's butt as much as I was uh, That's what I was Fabio's. thinking. That's what I was thinking. Like, people probably going to put that in Twitter. They weren't really checking for that scene, even though it they, happened. They were, so. Yeah. Yeah. I know that the Matt Damon haircut or the Matt Smith haircut is something everybody will continue to be buzzing about. So that'll be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it is very Matt Damon boyish looks type of vibe. Yeah, yeah. I, I got I, I get your comparison. It doesn't help that his character's name is also the same as Matt Damon's last name. So <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I thought I was like, okay, Jamie. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why I'm I'm gonna be. Yeah, it's it's Matt Damon. <laughs> it's Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon Smith. Wow. Matt Damon Smith. Oh, goodness. Well, we, we, we definitely can't wait to break down next week's episode and tweet with you guys. Dragons, y'all. Hashtag dragons, y'all. I think um, Natalie, Natalie Emanuel is stateside now. I think she's doing promo for her new movie, so she'll be able to live tweet with us. So I'm looking forward to that as well. And yeah, good times. Fantastic. Thanks, you guys, for tuning in with us. Again, please always tweet with us under the Dragons Y'all hashtag. And we do these shows and drop the episodes right after the broadcast, which is Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on HBO. You can also catch it on HBO Max. Uh, So we will be with you guys for episode five next week. And we will see you then. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.